What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Stand Up to Sitting podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And ladies and gentlemen, I am so pumped up for today's interview with Shay Robottom. Shay is the fastest growing video influencer on LinkedIn. She's worked with companies like Petco, Yahoo, and BuzzFeed, creating viral video content, generating tens of billions of views throughout her career. She's a big proponent of mental health and has battled depression much of her adult life despite achieving incredible success as an entrepreneur. Today, we're going to explore the mind of the one and only Shay Robottom. Shay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeremy. That was so lovely of you to introduce me like that. Well, you wrote that, so let's give yourself (laughs) a pat. Let's give yourself a pat on the back. How are we doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing fantastic. We were trying to set this up for a little bit of time and I'm so excited that we're making it happen. Yes, me and too. This is great. I know we both got a lot going on, so mm-hmm. it means a lot that you're taking the time. Yeah. I I want you to give the listeners a brief overview of just how you ended up in Miami because you've been here what a, a year now? 6 months. 6 months? Yeah, 6 months. So we must have met just to give you guys a quick little background. Shan and I met at a LinkedIn kind of like I guess a networking mm-hmm. event. What, four months ago? It was May 27th. Wow. I remember the date. That's pretty insane. A lot. It's the mushrooms. Your memory's Ah, on point. Right. We are tripping, just so everyone knows. I'm just kidding. So, okay. So, May 27th. So, it was like three months ago. And you've only been here six months. And I know you're from Milwaukee. And what's, just walk us through a little bit of the journey. We're going to cover it through, through the next hour, but just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the long story short is I am from Milwaukee. That's where I was born and raised. I dropped out of college at age 20 to pursue music, which actually was a childhood dream of mine. I always wanted to be a singer. I loved being on stage. I loved entertaining. So uh, I finally broke away from the traditional you know, college route at age 20. I just realized this is pointless. And I decided to pursue music on, on a local level, you know, starting out, but I was really um, inexperienced. I did not have a lot of support. I did not understand marketing at the time. And I was doing it for a few years, not really getting anywhere. So I decided to pivot directions when I got an opportunity to learn how to edit Facebook videos for large blogs on Facebook. And that was really the turning point for me from like artist to entrepreneur. Because even though I always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit, when I was a musician, I didn't like consider myself an entrepreneur or like a business person per se. So that's where it all started. Me and my partner, Luke Marlowe, actually founded that first agency. It blew up. We ended up getting an investment. We were managing like over 40 in-house employees at one point, doing videos for Yahoo, Petco, just like you said. And then I sold after um, a series of events, um, but one of the contributing factors had to do with LinkedIn, which I know we're gonna talk about today. So I had gotten on LinkedIn a little over a year ago now to create original video content 
in the hopes of attracting leads for my last agency. It worked so well that I decided to pivot and sell my shares in the last agency and move on to creating a business still about social media and video content, but all geared around LinkedIn and helping entrepreneurs, founders, and executives turn themselves into LinkedIn video creators to generate a consistent stream of leads, much like I've done for my business. Wow. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. I love that. That was like a pretty unbelievable elevator pitch. I want to pivot and based off a couple things you mentioned. So you're 20 years old. I just want to go in the, the mind of Shay at a, as 20 years old. Oh, that was, no, that was only don't. like six years ago, right? No, you, yeah. I'm 26 now. Yeah. That's insane. Okay. So six years ago, you make this decision to mm -hmm. go all in on your dreams mm -hmm. from your childhood yeah. and drop out of school. I yeah. want to know what was the response from people in your life? Like so many people I see scared to make that leap of faith mm -hmm. because they're afraid of the judgment they're going to yeah. receive from people. So how, what is something you use? Like, how did you overcome that? Um, that's a really good question because I do think the only reason I took as long as I did to dive into music was because of that specifically, you know, I did not have a lot of support. Um, you know, it was, it was really like, I came from a family that was just really discouraging of it. Like instead of like, you can do it. And even if you don't do it, we'll support you. We'll try and help. Like, it was just like, you can't do it. It's a waste of time. Don't try. So that was like in my head for a long time. Um, well, and all my sisters always called me tone deaf. So that really like shot my, like, oh, am I never going to be a singer? Cause I'm tone deaf. I did make it on American Idol though, because I was good. So I'm not, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not classically trained. I wouldn't say I'm tone deaf, but it was hard because I really felt like the world was against me. And even like my friends, a lot of them, when I decided, you know, I'm going to do music, it was like, they were like, what do you mean? Like, this is weird. People don't, people in your life who are comfortable with knowing you as this one thing and this one identity, they don't like it when you change. Like it makes them uncomfortable. And that should actually say a lot about the people you're surrounding yourself and your friends, because I realized at that time in my life, I really only had a few friends. Like there really were, were was only a few people who actually believed in me, supported me and said, hey, even though you're my friend Shay and I've known you as this, you want to go do this now? I support it. So that for me was like, it was just really interesting. I noticed a lot of my friends had like fake support for it. Like they were like, okay, Shay wants to do this music thing. Let's like pretend, you know what I mean? But there was very few friends that actually like believed in me. If, if you would have, if, and, yeah. it, and you still can, That's, you're only 26. I can. Yeah. You're, and, and knowing you, like you're always reinventing yourself. Yes. So I don't put anything past you, but I'm sure if you would have like got down to the final eight or final four on American Idol, all those friends would have been like, Shay, what's good girl. Oh, so yeah. I believed in you from day one and already happening already. Not, I mean, not like I'm a famous musician, but just but yeah. with the success I have cultivated, it's a lot of people running back into your life. Like I always knew you could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But so, so all of these endeavors that you've taken on, you have this mindset that seems to, I don't want to say be fearless, but almost embracing fear, embracing discomfort, like these new challenges, these new, new opportunities that you see, you you take them head on. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what is, what is, is that something that was instilled with you? Cause you have that mindset, like I'm trying to prove people wrong yes. and 
what has fueled you over the years for all these new endeavors and, and led to your success? I think a lot of insecurity, you know, I think that's kind of like a weird answer. A lot of people wouldn't expect, but it is true that when you feel um, inferior or when you just feel like you are not enough because, you know, maybe you had like unloving parents or you had some traumatic things happen as a child that kind of like shook your your self-core and made you question your own worthiness you you project that out into the world and you start to cultivate all these external things as okay I'm worthy now okay I'm worthy so for me it was definitely a lot of that like feeling like I need to do 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 I need to achieve I want to be the best and that's kind of how I've always been like I've always been a risk taker I've always been bold I've always been like you know the first to the scene to try something but what happened was especially like you know dropping out of school and doing music is a good example because that's kind of where a lot of it started for me that was like the one of the first big risks I took as an adult and I was very uncomfortable you know I doubted myself like how am I going to do music I don't know anything how am I going to now like I didn't know but, you know, like six months after I made that decision, it was so validating that I made the right choice. Now, a few years later, I decided I needed to pivot again. But the point is getting through that initial discomfort was a positive reinforcement. Like it taught me, oh, I can go through this really uncomfortable phase and even doubt myself. But I seem to come out on the other side with way more knowledge, new experience and more confidence. So then the same thing occurred when I got the viral video opportunity. I, it was like the same thing all over again. I was terrified to leave music. This was now my new comfort. I didn't know a lot about business. I didn't identify as a businesswoman. I was like, ugh. But I pushed through that discomfort and uh, I made a lot of money. <laughs> and I learned a lot about video marketing. And uh, specifically social media marketing as a tool that you can take with you to anything you do. So when I do branch away from marketing, which I intend to eventually because, you know, I have some other interests like mental health and personal development, you know, now I have that social media marketing skill in my tool belt. And now I understand video and how to use it to propel your business forward. So I look at it as like such a blessing that I took all these risks and I went through these uncomfortable moments because all it really showed me was that's how you grow. Yeah. And I love that. And yeah. And I think so many people, they live in regret because we all have these childlike dreams. We all have these desires. And so often we let those limiting beliefs not allow us to even pursue them. Right. Yes. And the fact that you gave, you went all in. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I did that. And I had some success. Of course, I fell on my ass. I failed sometimes. But at least now you have that to reference yes. for all the other experiences that you throw yourself into. Yeah. And you don't have to live with that feeling, what if, which I feel like is the most, the most depressing. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, no one is on their deathbed saying, I regret trying. Yeah. Right? They're saying, I regret never having tried. It's not like, oh, I so regret going for that because it didn't work out like it's really not a thing you you hear but you're right that so many people are crippled by fear and just living in that uh what we call it the survival mode of right. like safety comfort comfort will kill you so frankly i mean i get it comfort's important we all want to be safe and secure but the point is comfort 
is not going to get you to where you want to go. You have to break through that discomfort. And this is a big thing I talk about with wealth building. A lot of people have this idea that the way to get rich is through hard work. No doubt. No doubt. Like you got to work hard, but it's really about your willingness to put yourself in uncomfortable situations above all else. And that's really the pattern you'll see in a lot of these uber successful entrepreneurs. Um, they went through a really uncomfortable time and ultimately it was part, it was coupled with hard work and they generated a ton of wealth from it. So first question. Yeah. What is one uncomfortable moment or thing that you persevered through in business that really stands out? Hmm. I mean, a lot at the last agency, like a lot. Like, I can't really talk about it. Um, Is there something recent in the last maybe six or 12 months? Um, I think a big lesson for me in business was like date before you get married. Date mm -hmm. before you get married. Because there was, and I, and I even mean that, like, uh, it's so important when you're partnering with someone or, you know, getting an investment from someone that you align morally, like I'm not saying you have to have the same personality. In fact, you shouldn't because the different personalities at, at the top of the business uh, really uh, help it thrive. But you have to understand collectively what your morals are and what your beliefs are and what your mission is. I think when I was younger with my businesses, I was so naive. I just thought like, I'll take whatever I can get. Like, oh, you have sales experience, cool. Oh, you got VC funding, cool. Without really looking at the individual or how that relationship on a personal level would impact me down the line. So now I'm very cautious about who I enter into partnerships with. I'm very cautious about who I take money from. And that was something that I just had to learn the hard way as a young entrepreneur. Yeah. And I think it all comes back to communication. Oh yeah. Because I know I've had, I had a split with a, with a business partner, uh, maybe six, six, seven months ago. And I think that's what the, the missing link was, was we were great friends, but were you friends before you did? Business? Yeah. Yeah. We were, oh. we were friends before and we were both super passionate about health and wellness and, and really passionate about this initiative that we were taking on. But like you said, we weren't aligned with our vision for the company. Um, I had a different idea of where I wanted to take things than he did. And ultimately, it led to the ending of it. And like you said, sometimes you just learn by trial and error. And I want to ask one more question because I feel like you would be the perfect person to answer. If someone out there right now listening is really struggling, they really there's really something they want to do or take on, mm -hmm. and they're letting fear overcome them. They're letting fear rule over them and inhibiting them from really pursuing and chasing their dreams. What is one thing, one thing they can do right now to take a step towards that action of doing that thing that scares the shit out of them? Yeah, great question. You know, pretend you're 20 years older. Ask yourself, you know, like, let's say you're 30, pretend you're 50 for a day. How do you feel about your life? Are you happy? Do you want to wait till you're 50 to finally make that move? I mean, it's, it's what Gary Vaynerchuk says. What does he always say? You're going to die. You're going to die. And frankly, the fear 
is usually the comfort zone, like I was mentioning. And we keep ourselves there because of the relationships we've cultivated and the safety that we now feel. But the reality is when you branch out on your own, when you do something and you're reluctant because you're afraid that your circle is not going to support you or you're somehow going to damage that like security you've built for yourself you're thinking you're thinking about it all wrong because the true friends come when you reveal your true self Mm -hmm. and a lot of people operate as a seven so i'm going to talk about this on a scale of one to ten everyone tries to be a seven with everyone so like a one being like i really don't like this person we just don't jive at all we're a one and a 10 being like this is a perfect friendship partnership whatever for me we totally jive a lot of people never actually find their 10s because they approach everyone just trying to be liked like just trying to like not rock the boat like i'm going to be a 7 to everyone i meet meaning like i'm not going to say anything offensive i'm not going to talk about what my real mission is or what my real beliefs are in life because i just want to be a well liked and you will cultivate a lot of surfacey relationships that way what you won't do is you won't find the 10s you have to get through the ones and the twos and the people who are going to be like that's shay chick like screw her you know yeah because i'm willing to have some people like that so that i can find the tens who when i am my true self the same true self that offends these people it's going to attract these people who are Mm -hmm. on my same same wavelength that i'd otherwise just be avoiding finding trying to be liked by everyone i love that so really surrounding yourself with people that support you and hold you accountable I think is something that we touch upon all the time. Really take inventory of the people you're spending time with, Mm -hmm. your relationships, your friendships, your parents. Who are you listening to? Because that negativity is going to seep in deep. And I have a saying like no energy vampires allowed. Mm. Like if you're if you're going to be there and you're bringing negativity and you're just bringing that bad vibe to a group and and you've managed a 40 person office before. So I'm sure you know how even just one or two people bringing that negative outlook Mm -hmm. can affect the whole environment. Yes. And that was a big lesson for me too, firing people. Mm. Because I had a few. Talk about that. Yeah, I had a few energy vampires in my last business. And uh, this was my first like full scale agency. So I was really like, it was it was personal to me it was my baby like i hired all these people i made the decisions it's hard as a business owner to face you made the wrong hiring decision but it really is a guess so there was a few people that were totally like a cancer to the company that i just hung on to way too long because i was afraid of of facing my mistake that they weren't a good hire Mm. and um uh you know somebody said something to me once I'm not sure if it's always accurate, but it makes sense. They said, like, if you're thinking about firing them, fire them. You know what I mean? Or, or at least do the steps to tell them, like, hey, you're going to get fired unless you, you fix this and get a performance improvement plan in place. But it's so true. Like, a lot of times we know as business owners that someone's not a good fit. Like, we know it's just our own ego that holds on to that because yeah. we're like, no, no, I, th- I think I made the right. I think they have value, though. No, they're sucking the energy out of everybody, you yeah. know? I mean, it was like... It was a big lesson for me. Just yeah. be pragmatic. And we and you referenced Gary Vee earlier. I know he's always saying hire fast or sorry, hire slow fire and fire fast. fire fast. So much so. Yeah. Like recognize that toxic energy and remove it. It's yes. as simple as that. Yes. And you don't have to do it in a malicious way. You know, communicate effectively, of course. Mm-hmm. But really preserve the energy yes that's that's so important and it garners your more respect with the rest of the staff because the rest of the staff 
knew this person was toxic. They hated going to work with them every day. Me condoning their behavior by not, you know, basically firing them when enough chances were given was only causing the employees to disrespect me. So it's a level of trust and understanding when your team sees, ah, Shay, you know, my boss, she knew that person was an energy vampire. She knew that that person was tearing us all down and she did the work to remove it. Like, thank you, Shay. And now mm. there's a deeper level of trust You've with the staff. You're starting to cultivate that culture. That's so important. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm curious to know, being a leader and manager of 40 people as at the time you're 24, 24 yeah. year old <laughs> woman. I'm just wondering, Killing like you, you probably have a bunch of men on your team. You probably have a majority of your yeah. team's probably older than all, you. It was, um, there, there was people older than me, but actually a lot. So what I managed the creative, like all the editors and a lot of them were close to my age. Okay. Some of them were older, but a lot of them were like in their twenties, you know, just got their, uh, film degree. Right. That sort of thing. But you're right. It was all guys. It was all okay, guys. So I, like, I there really was like two women. Because I'm fascinated to know how you were able to lead them, garner respect, right? Communicate effectively. Because I know as like a 22, 23 year old, if I have a woman who's the same age, like telling me what to do, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know how I would have received mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering maybe something that worked really well for you. And then something maybe that you learned, okay. I need to do something differently, shift. Yeah, yeah. I grew a lot managing. I really grew a lot. Like I, first of all, I always think I had the natural leadership qualities. Always. I mean, like anyone who went to grade school with me would tell you like, oh yeah, she's a leader. Like she was always the one like, you know, forming the groups, like, like directing people. So I naturally had that in me. Right. And I'm naturally, I have a very, um, even though, you know, it, it, I do have a lot of, of masculine energy and that comes out a lot in my personal branding and my video content, I really am um, maternal and I really do care about people and I really have a lot of like empathy for others. So I think for me, it was the natural leadership ability. Like, I, and you can teach leadership, but I do think I had some, I was just blessed with that a little bit naturally. And then on top of that, I was really big on positive reinforcement. You know, I always like, if someone did some a good job, I made sure to tell them a good job. If they were someone who had a personality where they liked recognition, I made sure to say they did a good job in front of everyone else. So I had this understanding of like how to motivate employees through positive reinforcement, having been an employee in the past and having bosses that like only used negative reinforcement. I, I knew going in, I don't wanna be that, but the balance came in where I did struggle when it was time to give negative feedback or I did struggle when it was time to be a little more candid. I will say that last agency, it like blew it all out of me. Like I'm very candid now. I'm very, I don't, you know, if an employee's doing something wrong or frustrating, like I don't go to my partner and bitch about it. Like, oh, why they do? I just go to them. I just directly face them. Hey, this was wrong. This is what we need to do to fix it. This is how we're going to fix it moving forward. So I think what, where the magic really came in was where I cultivated that balance. And I was able to give people the positive reinforcement that made them like feel safe with me and respect me, but also the negative where like they knew I, they couldn't fuck with me though. Like I'm still the boss, right. you know? So, well, I think, I think it's a beautiful balance because when you, you actually said, you just said negative and I, and I think that needs to be shifted. I don't think it's negative if you do it in a constructive way. Right. Right. And, and I actually think if you communicate to an employee, a team, a team member, whoever it is, 
and you let them know like, Hey, this is what you did. And it may, and I know you might've had a good intention behind it, but it wasn't good enough. This is what we need to aim for. If you just all comes back to communicating effectively. And then that is going to really build trust again within the organization. And then another thing you touched upon in regards to acknowledgement. Yes. Acknowledgement. So guys, I'm all, and Shay is too, we're all about action. So if you're listening right now, make sure today you acknowledge one person in your life. It could be a stranger you haven't talked to. It can be someone in your phone that you haven't talked to in a couple of years. It can be your mom or dad, but just let them know. Give them a compliment, a meaningful one. Mm-hmm. Let them know how much they mean to you. Just say something kind mm-hmm. and see where it goes. You'll be shocked at the impact you can make with a couple sentences of kind, genuine words. Yes. So yes, that is something I want to encourage everyone to do. And Shay, yeah. because like we mentioned, it's a health and wellness podcast. Yeah. One of the things I really appreciate about you is like you said, being so candid and being so authentic and transparent, not only when we talk one-on-one, but with your content. And I feel like so many people hide away from that mm-hmm. and they're afraid to really show their true authentic self. Yeah. And that's something that I think you're making a huge impact with is empowering others to do that, to own their mm-hmm. own their strengths, own their insecurities, because we all have them. And that's just going to unite us and bring us closer and make you more relatable. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I asked your permission before. Yeah. So I'm just going to read a recent post. Oh that Shay made on LinkedIn. And when I read this, I was like, whoa, damn. Like it really hit home with me because I could definitely relate. So this was uh, from three days ago, I believe. Yeah, earlier this week, yeah. I wish I could say that I'm happy. I wish I could say that I have it all figured out. I wish I could look at all the companies I've built, the millions in revenue I've generated, the hundreds of businesses and individuals I've impacted for the better. And say, ah, that's right. You're worthy. I wish it worked like that. I thought it worked like that. Sadly, years of cultivating all these external I am worthy assets landed me at the exact same spot I was before. Depressed and insecure. You know what? If years of proven business success doesn't make you feel worthy or capable, then you better stop searching out there for your validation. I finally get the age old saying money doesn't buy you happiness. No, no, it does not. It didn't bring me self-esteem either. I have to be real with myself about my crippling imposter syndrome. I know logically that I've done far more than the average person in life, especially at the age that I am. I know logically that I am successful. I am worthy, but the emotions trapped in my body tell me a very different story. Don't take this the wrong way, but fuck business. I resent all the hard work I did. Everything out there is a distraction. Time to go within. Time to get whole. Woo! Who wrote that? That was deep. Yo, how did how did, how was it like being on the listening end of that? Someone reading. Actually, it, it sounds really cool. Spoken out loud, because you know I just wrote it. I didn't. Yeah. I like it spoken. Yeah. That's it's cool. Powerful. I mean, it really ties back to what I was saying in the beginning about insecurity and, and cultivating all these external things to feel like that's where your confidence is going to come from. And uh, I do have a lot of resentment for the work I've done, frankly. Like, I can, I can very much 
have an optimistic attitude and look at it like, no, Shay, like you learned so much. You can take these business and marketing skills with you wherever. But the, the resentment comes from the, the preconceived notion I had and expectation that when I arrive here, I'll be happy. I'll feel confident. Mm. I'll be good. And then it, when it didn't happen, that's what I mean when I say like resentment. Like you're just like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like shoot. So, uh, and this has been a big, and you and I have talked offline on a much more personal level, but it's been a big thing since I relocated to Miami is um, a lot of this, I say trapped emotions in my body. Like, yeah, a lot of things came up for me that I realized I've been like burying for years, for years. And all of my shortcomings in business, all of my insecurities as a, as a businesswoman it's not going to be fixed in business. You know what I mean? It's going to be fixed by me going in, in, in and figuring out why don't you feel secure or whole in the first place, Shay? I mean, if you were able to build all these companies, generate all this revenue, help as many people as you have with this baggage on your back, hmm. what the, what the heck are you going to do when you heal? So that's like really where I'm at now. Instead of like, like, Oh, dude, Jeremy, I've just been like powering through for years. Like seriously, I've just been like dragging for years. Like I can do it. I can do it. And I finally am like letting go. Like, okay, chill. Like you need to step back and work on yourself. That's going to ultimately bring you the business success you're looking for and the massive goals you're trying to achieve that you feel are just constantly out of reach and constantly such a struggle to get. It has nothing to do with like your inability as a business person. It has to do with the self core that was neglected in childhood and the muscles of self-dependence, confidence, worthiness, love that never got built as a child. Mm. And, and, and this is, I'm not really unique. I mean, this is like most people right. never, they never built that in childhood and then they go out into their adult life they're insecure they're fear driven they're so they're doing everything based on fear you know they don't know why they're unhappy they're toxic frankly i mean look at the state of the world there's a lot of toxic people running right. it it all comes from a lack of self-love it comes from a lack of self-respect for ourselves i mean look at the way we're destroying the planet we're just it all comes down to not understanding our unaddressed childhood wounds, mm. bearing and bearing it. I'm so blessed that at age 26, I'm now figuring that out because some yeah. people don't figure it out till they're 50. Some people never figure it out. Mm. I'm realizing now business, even though, like I said, I can be very grateful for the experience I've had and everything I've learned, everyone I met business did not bring me closer to feeling worthy or whole. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, a yeah. lot of directions to go. <laughs> so which one do you want to take? Left, yeah. right. I don't know. <laughs> so my question for you, and I just want to share because I spoke on the show before about the gratitude transformational training that I that I went through. And then I and then I also spoke about, you know, how last summer I did my first ayahuasca journey ceremony and how that really opened up my eyes to a lot of the stories I had been telling myself. And so many of these stories, guys, have been ingrained in us before the age mm -hmm. of seven. Before mm -hmm. the age mm -hmm. of seven. Think about that. That's like second grade. Yeah. Okay? And it's so important to really look back and build that 
internal awareness of where we develop some of our self-limiting beliefs from. And I want to know, was there a tipping point for you? Like a tipping point, like, oh shit, I'm not fulfilled right now. I really need to focus on myself, my own health. How did that look like? How did that manifest? Um, I think it was a process. Like I, I definitely feel the exit of my last agency and the process of exiting um, was where it first got triggered, where it first got like something's, something's wrong, you know, something's not right. Um, because even though a lot of things worked out, you know, in, in my favor during that time, I just, as I said, was not feeling happy or just like it was worth it. And then, you know, I always wanted to move out of Milwaukee, the Midwest. I'm just not a, um, cold weather person. I love the heat, love, love, love the heat. And I visited Miami when I was in high school and totally fell in love with it. It was always a city I just like uh, thought was so cool and so artistic. There's a decent business climate here as well. So I decided to move down here thinking that a lot of the changes I was making was going to fix it. Right. And then kind of like arriving here at my new office, my new plan, my new business, and seeing a lot of the same limitations, self-sabotage mm. behaviors come up. So that was when I had to get really real with myself about like, you know, what, what's going on here? You know, there's something more. And I did go and do ayahuasca and I gotta say like, that is something that the world is sadly missing, mm. sadly missing. And I don't even care, you know, how controversial or how whatever this is, like people need to know, people need to know there is a very strategic reason these plant medicines, plants, mind you, they're, they're plants from the ground, not pills that, you know, like this is the fake meta. This is the shit that should be illegal is the manufactured stuff. The plants are God given. And what I, and I did the whole, like I did it in a very, uh, medicinal setting with a shaman with a guide so I I went all in and what I found was that if everyone had access to this medicine big pharma would completely be out of business and we'd have a completely transformed population mm. I mean no doubt no doubt and I and I and I do want to put out a disclaimer that like ayahuasca and plant medicines aren't the only way to get there because right. there's many other practices you right. can do to go with there's breath work there's hypnosis you know there's many other ways to reach that inner self and ultimately that higher level of consciousness that we collectively like aren't at i mean we're really really vibrating at a low vibration there's war there's inequality there's racism sex there's so much molestation going on i mean there's so much molestation going on on this plane we're at these medicines take you to a different place and show you a different possibility. And ultimately, you know, what, what do all experiences and all drugs in a way do? They give you a new perspective, right? right? They give you a new perspective. So um, I'm really excited for the plant medicine movement. I already see, you know, I think it was like, was it Denver? Some of these places are starting to legalize psilocybin, which is also a, a really great plant medicine. MDMA as well is going to be... MDMA is different though, because it's not a plant medicine. Right. It's going to be, yeah. that's, that's going to be more for treating, um, post PTSD. Depression. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take some MDMA. You will not be depressed. Let yeah. me tell you. But it is, I do have concerns about MDMA because it's, um... 
it's not the same as like psilocybin or ayahuasca where like you could take the plant medicines many many times right zero damage to the brain at all mdma i believe can eat away eventually but it it can be a really really effective tool for therapy um yeah definitely so yeah and i want everyone out there listening also just to take note because Shay, as 25, 26-year-old, is achieving incredible things. Incredible things. But with that being said, she knew that there was something inside her that she needed to address Mm -hmm. and needed to fix. So we talk about this all the time about rather than comparing ourselves to the next person, right, which is so easy to do, focus on yourself and really work on finding ways to improve yourself. And I know, I know, like Shay mentioned, plant medicine might, the, just the just the sheer name, ayahuasca or acid or LSD, like mm-hmm. these things, and again, that's synthetic as well, but yeah, these things true. just based on, based on like connotation and the way it sounds, people are scared, scared mm-hmm. to try. But there's so many ways to really dive deep and explore and build that self-discovery practice because that's that's what this is all about just trying yeah. to evolve every day the the like suggestion i would have for people on the personal development track who feel like you know there's still a demon inside them there's still some self-limiting beliefs that they need to get through and you're reluctant with the plant medicines or scared you know because it's you you can't control it once it's in you like it's in you um there are other ways and i want to encourage people like you know there is meditation there is breathe there in, I've done some epic breathing classes in Miami that yeah. are pretty much have the same effect as ayahuasca. Like I'm not yeah. even kidding. So intense. So there's breathing. Which ones were those? Um, it was with uh, Holotropic? G- Gina. Do you know Gina? Gina? Oh, I don't know her last name. I'm sorry. She's amazing. Amazing okay. instructor. But, you know, there's these other paths to achieve it. But if you're like me, like the, wh- the where, where I was at was like I, I felt like I had been doing those for a long time. And it was just like, I still wasn't figuring it out. I still wasn't getting to the bottom of like what was eating away at me. If that's kind of where you're at uh, mentally, where you're like, dude, I've done like the self-help books. I've done the meditation class. I've done it. Like, I still just don't get it. Go get blasted by some ayahuasca because that will pull it out of you. Like there is no, it's a lot harder to escape it on the ayahuasca. So again, just putting it out there, like there are many ways to achieve you know, letting go of the ego and ultimately like finding that inner self that needs healing and needs attention because we've all been avoiding it since childhood. But plant medicines are just kind of a way I would describe it as like they catapult to you there. They kind of like cut through. So if you're feeling like, dude, I've tried everything. You haven't. Yeah. And (laughs) I just like for me, I just want to share with you, like for me, I think the two biggest takeaways when I did the medicine Number one, the ayahuasca, ayahuasca. number one was I had these. And first of all, I just want to put the disclaimer. Every single person's experience is completely unique. So if I'm saying something like don't expect you to have that same experience, it's going to be completely different for me. The worthiness thing came up. Mm -hmm. I realized that I had been selling myself short on my capabilities and the medicine showed me how powerful my voice is and my, pow- my, my ability to impact others with my energy and with my light. So as soon as I finished, as soon as I got back to the States, I was like, you know, so much more eager to connect with people and teach classes and share my gifts with the world. So I, I have Pachamama, I have ayahuasca to thank for that. And number two, 
you touched upon it was the compassion. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because you know, other people, they're facing their traumas and going through their experience. They might be, they might be crying. They might be screaming. They might be purging, whatever it is. Yeah. And I genuinely felt like it was me experiencing all oh of those my things. Gosh, yes. It yes. was so powerful. And that manifested for me with the relationship with my brother. We hadn't oh. been, we hadn't been close for the last seven or eight years. And after that, I changed my whole approach to our relationship. And over the last year, we've cultivated something so special. And again, I don't think I would have had that newfound perspective without the medicine. That is so common too. Like that, that specific experience of the sibling. I've heard a lot of people say that yeah. on the, with the plant medicines. Like, dude, I finally like forgave my siblings and like just like loved the hell out of them. Uh, that's, is he older or younger? Yeah, older. He's older? That's so sweet. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. What were you going to say if I said he was younger? Same thing. Yeah. It's okay. very sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> yeah. And so, so that was, that was really powerful for me. Um, I want to shift a little bit to your expertise. Let's do it. Content creation. Because, yes. and, and I think everything we've touched upon now really contributes to this conversation because at least what I see is so many people scared, like overthinking every single post. Hmm. And I understand like your posts are important because it's part of your, it's part of your image. It's part of your brand. But if we really are our true authentic self, I feel like you're going to communicate mm -hmm. with the right people. You're going to attract the right vibrations. So I just want to know your approach. Like, have you always been able to get in front of the camera, be yourself? Is that something that you've had for a while or it's been a muscle that you've grown? Yeah. I mean, like for me, it was kind of the whole trifecta because I was a performer. I was very comfortable on stage. Um, and then I took a break from music to, to do marketing and scale my first agency. And that's where I learned everything about video marketing and social media. So it was a perfect fusion of the two. Like now I know how to make videos. I know what gets attention online. And I'm, I'm confident, you know, I've, I've performed, I can do this. Um, so for me, it was all of those things coming together, but also, you know, just, um, there's a, like an epidemic basically in the world of just fakeness, right. you know, at, at the, um, training yesterday, he said, what did he say something about most people are pretending and then they die. Most people are pretending and then they die. I grew up in such a fake household. Everything was fake. Everything was about how do we look, how to, nothing about how we actually feel. It was just how do we look, how do we present, are we keeping up with the status quo? I resented that so much growing up. I hated it. I saw the damage that it did. And then I grew up and realized it wasn't just my family. It's pretty much everyone doing it. So the ironic thing is people are scared to be vulnerable and open up because they're so conditioned by this status quo and this, I need to act like I have it all together. I need to, you know, what are, what is the majority of the population doing? Okay, I'll do it. It's just, um, it's the need to be accepted by the herd, which I get. That's like a very uh, biological thing. However, I've grown such, so much quicker because of my, um, realness, you know, and I, and I do admit a lot of flaws. I do talk about my depression and my shortcomings and not only is it liberating for me, but as you touched on earlier, it has inspired so many other people to do the same. And that whole old school mentality about like, 
work is work, home is home, don't blend the two, hasn't done us any favors. It's just perpetuated this fakeness that's like just killing us. This fakeness is killing us. Thinking that like, you know, Kylie Jenner has it all together. It's killing us. You know, it's not real. It's not real at all. And when I open up about what is real, I'm a breath of fresh air for people who are constantly on social media only getting fed the opposite. Your life isn't as good as mine. You're not as pretty as me. You're not vacationing here. You know, that's all the highlight reel. But the real magic, and I have many other, you know, relationships, blogs, and friends that can back this up, is when people are real and authentic, they grow. Because people are craving that. People want to feel like they're normal and I'm now giving them an opportunity to feel normal. Every time I do a post on mental health and depression, I get leads. I get leads Mm. from my business. Like literally, you know, my partner, Luke, he typically handles the sales calls, but like he'll always ask, you know, specifically what video drew you in, what brought you to us, you know, we track everything. And it's more often than not a video about my depression, not even like me boasting about my video marketing skills. It's the depression videos because it pulls people in it. It's that's people do business with people. And I think that even I, in the beginning had a little bit of insecurity about being so open and would that backfire for my company? It's totally been the opposite. That's so dope. Yeah. Yeah. So the, but the fakeness for real, I mean, it is like, it is just alarming how we operate from this pretend place, this small talk place, this sevens place, like right. I mentioned. You know, Trump, you know? Yeah. I like it. I'm not saying I agree with him or the offensive statements he makes about women, but why do you want to police language when all that's going to do is disguise the pervy people? Yeah. Like, literally, like, I, I don't agree with PC culture. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be like, educated and aware of what certain words mean and how they could be offensive to people but just the point of saying like shut everyone up that just prolongs exposing the bad people if you if you uh, allow people to say sexist and racist statements now more people can make an informed decision to not do business with them to you know what i mean so that's kind of what i'm getting at with excuse me that's kind of what i'm getting at where i say there's this epidemic of fakeness like it's just prolonging real progress Mm. and that was witnessed in my own upbringing but now i definitely see it as a pattern in the world that's really dope that those videos where you were really expressing vulnerable things it's not crazy brought in leads it it's a little bit counterintuitive yeah. But it's not when you think about it, right? Because I like want a depressed chick doing my video. Because <laughs> it's like, oh shit, like this person is actually a real human. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And who knows? You might have lost 15, 20 followers mm-hmm. with that same post, but that's good. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let those energy vampires get off the exactly. bus. If they don't fuck with you, then cool. Well, that's what I always say is like, yeah, there's a good chance people turn away from that. But the people that turn away, it's a way smaller ratio than the people who are now drawn in. And the people who are now drawn in are typically like of just a higher consciousness level, which is what I want to attract anyways. It's it's actually something interesting that similar in a different in a different type of way, I guess, for myself that I'm kind of treading treading in now is for the longest time on like Instagram, mm-hmm. I would basically just post like workout videos, like shirtless stuff and like that. Um which Jeremy's a basic, with, a with basic guy. Basic which, believe it or guy. not, is pretty authentic to myself. I'm rarely <gasps> okay. wearing. Yeah, no, no, like, it is. It is. Other it than is. wearing, other than in the pod, like in the podcast booth, I'm usually not wearing a shirt. But 
But like I was doing it, I was doing it for the likes, for external validation, mm -hmm. right? So you were holding yourself out a bit. Right. <laughs> and like lately, like maybe for the last six, 12 months, I've really been trying to just share my heart. And like whether that's like just something deep that I'm feeling or something not related to fitness at all. Mm -hmm. And I know that doesn't get as much love because people mm -hmm. have like, okay, Jeremy's like the guy we go to like movement. If we want to see the shirtless dude move and do workouts. Right. You haven't built that following. Right. You haven't built that, that. Yeah. But at the same time, like it feels right to me because it's true to me. It's true to what I'm feeling. Yeah. And it's part of my story. So I want to share that. Like, I don't want to just be someone who's posting workouts because it's such a small piece to the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And so I can definitely identify with you there. But at the same time, you know, I feel like I probably lost followers for yeah. sure. And yeah. I would have probably been better off in terms of building a following, being consistent with just movement, movement, movement. But I wanted to do something that I felt good about proud mm -hmm. about like i wanted to maintain my integrity and yeah that's so. good and and like nobody can take you down you know what i'm saying like nobody because the bigger you get the more people are gonna hate you you know that that's why most people never scale most people never grow because you can only have up to a hundred people you know around you and they all like you. You know what I'm saying? Like once you hit like 101, 100, you start getting those bigger. People are gonna hate you. You have to. You have to face it. So people shy away from that and keep their circle and their life and their dreams small because it's easier to maintain everyone liking you. When you start to hit the big numbers, it's just inevitable. People want to take you down. People want to expose you. I get it all the time. But the funny thing is, what are you gonna expose about me? When I'm out here sharing all my flaws anyways, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so powerful. It's so liberating. Like, you know, because I get threats, people saying like, you know, what type of really threat? just immature stuff. Like, I'll turn down an offer to like do a podcast or and then someone will like, I've had some well, thanks for not pretty, this pretty immature run-ins. But the point is when they say things to me, like, I'm going to expose you. I'm going to put you on blast. It doesn't affect me. Like, oh, what are you going to do? Tell people I have depression. Cool. Get after it. Like, beat ya. So you Beacha. now with your Instagram are kind of stepping into that power. Right, right. Like you're deciding, like, you know what? I want to be more than just and fitness is so great. Like fitness is so important. And this is something I I uh, admire you a lot for, and I've told you. But it can be kind of surfacey. Yeah. It can cr it can especially in a place like Miami. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got way less hot when I moved here, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so that that's perfect. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a nine in Wisconsin. I'm like a six here. <laughs> okay, so I want to I want to actually I want I want to actually um, piggyback off that idea because when before the cameras were on and the mics were yeah. the mics were turned on, you mentioned to me that you didn't start wearing makeup until you moved to Miami. That's right. And yeah, I just I just feel like it's so interesting because I have a really strong opinion on this whole subject. Yeah. I feel like I feel like. I understand, I appreciate like a woman wanting to look beautiful and look desirable and put on makeup, whatever it is, special event, dinner, but like the need to always have it on, like going to the grocery store, going no. to the gym, makeup, no. like be comfortable in your own skin. And I know it's easier right. said than done, but I feel like so often, you know, all of us are wearing these masks and sometimes literally like the makeup is a mask. Yeah. So... And for a lot of women, it's a, it's an addiction. You get addicted to the way your face looks with all that on it. And mm. when you see your face without it, you kind of go like, 
you know that that's why i take breaks you know i will definitely go a couple days without makeup because if i'm just consistently dolled up every day every day when i finally hit like day 10 and i got no makeup on it's it's a contrast you look in the mirror you're like what the are these my eyelashes like what is going on (laughs) but but it's true and i didn't wear makeup that's true when i was when i was scaling my last agency because i had actually i've gone so up and down because i was a full-blown diva when i was doing music like i did way more makeup and stuff back then than i do now like i had fake hair extensions i had fake eyelashes i had fake contacts i had just fake nails like i was very very um into it and then i did a whole three like a just a complete 180 when i started that first agency with luke because we were working from home when we first started it I don't need makeup. You know, I was working from home. I was on my computer every day. So that was really when I got out of the habit of makeup. And then, yeah, even scaling the company, even going to the office every day, I didn't really wear makeup. I wasn't a video influencer at that point. And even when I started doing videos, I didn't wear makeup. If you look at my old videos, I hardly ever have makeup on. I recently ramped up my production quality after moving to Miami. I started investing in better sets, uh, better content ideas, longer form content. And one factor that's very true is that you get more views on the videos where you're wearing makeup as a woman. It's just, you know, like, um, it's not anything that controls me. I'll still do videos without makeup, but I kind of got back in the habit of wearing it again. And, but yeah, I don't, I don't need it. You know, I'm not really insecure about my looks at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the reasons too Teddy Roosevelt has this quote that always sticks out in my mind. He says, comparison is the thief of joy. Oh my gosh, yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. And when you're scrolling through the gram or you're on any other type of social media platform and you see what type of stuff is getting a lot of love, like, oh shit, like when I posted when I posted something like deep and meaningful about my family. I got like 312 likes. And then when I posted that booty shot at the beach, I got like 2000 likes. Like, oh shit, I got to be posting more of that. So people tying their self-worth into other people's validation. Like, I feel like for me, that was a common theme. Yeah. How do we get over that though? Like, how do we, how do we find meaning and fulfillment like with ourselves, not necessarily based on what other people think or approve of yeah soul searching plant medicine you know it is funny though how this like we're in this like new period of um cosmetics where there's a lot of plastic surgery especially in miami i've noticed um but you know i think it's like mila kunis or one of these celebrities had a really cool quote where she said everyone in hollywood is starting to look the same And I thought that was so profound because it's true. All the plastic surgery, it's the same. It's always the same thing. I want a cute little nose. I want my eyes lifted up. I want, you know, more full eyebrows. It's always the same work getting done. So all these like women and men for that matter, they kind of end up looking the same. And now we're missing our unique, like, dude, like your nose is what makes you unique. You're, 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 it's, it's sad, you know, because we really should be embracing our individual qualities and the spectrum of beauty as opposed to like this one ideal of beauty. But that's how it's been throughout history. It just changes, you know, it's like it, it's either, you know, one thing is in and in style and everyone's going for it or another thing is in and in style. And to be clear, I have nothing against like plastic surgery. I just believe that's the modern day like 
fashion. Like if you want to alter your body, go for it. I have no issue with makeup. If makeup makes you happy and that's your jam, go for it. I have friends who are makeup artists. I mean, that's an art really. It's a, it's a talent, but the problem comes in where you're basically, as you said, attaching your whole self-worth to that. You know, it's one thing to have like a deformity on your face and like to kind of, you know, cosmetically like, okay, it makes sense to like, you know, but to just like Kim Kardashian's beautiful. So I'm going to change my face to look exactly. I mean, that's what Kylie did. She's Kim. That's all she did. She changed her face to look like Kim. And she's beautiful. Whoever did her work is fabulous, but it's just, shout out. it's, (laughs) it is just a little bit of like, Hmm. What are you saying to your own self when you do that? You know, what are you and I and I do and I do believe in some cases plastic surgery can actually help and can actually improve the self-esteem. But I actually think in a lot of cases you're just kind of reinforcing to yourself that you don't love yourself for who you are hmm. when you do that. Yeah. So these We're gonna have to delete this for when I get my plastic surgery in a few years I'm <laughs> no, no 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 <laughs> i'm sorry no we're gonna have this for record botox botox i'll get some botox because i'm irish and i'd be wrinkly as hell Yo. man I'm okay d- wait, wait, but wait. that's different like you know like getting a new nose and like that's scary i'm Go gonna on. i'm gonna make a confession you got a nose job no 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 wait one second i'm gonna make a confession that i don't believe anyone in my life other than my parents and a couple very close friends from back home know. I can't believe What uh, is it? <laughs> let's build up the tension a little bit. Can I get a little drum roll? <laughs> Boom. Okay. So I'm getting hot just like the thought of me saying. He it. just wants to take his shirt off. That's that's all he's, he's making excuses. So I'm I'm conveniently getting very hot right now. I so this <laughs> is this is this is actually um, pretty interesting, pretty profound. I definitely did not expect to uh, be doing this, but so for my life, I had a huge insecurity. So I had ears like cauliflower mm. ears, like ears that stuck out, right? Okay, and. It never really like inhibited me from being social from and then I noticed like in college and after that, like I really started to like dwell on it. And I and I was still, you know, like I would still hook up with girls and like I had a great group of friends. Like again, it didn't really like inhibit me from anything. It was more like internal. I was like, I was like, I feel like I would be more joyful if I got my ears like pinned back did you yeah i did no yeah. way <laughs> yeah so uh, so i did and, and this is what we're gonna do actually yeah i'm gonna find a picture before Dude, yeah. i'm gonna put it in the show notes what the heck so th- i want to know about that procedure so yo that's how do sh- they do that they make them small so just like this part no so my saying- ears my ears are the exact same size but before they stuck out more like oh yeah like dumbo Wow. So you're like an example of that, like cosmetic thing I was just mentioning. Yeah. And I think like, and you think it helped your self-esteem a hundred percent. But, but again, I think there's people, like you said, it all, it all comes back to your intention. Mm -hmm. It all comes back to your intention. Are you trying to get your tits bigger so you can land 
that role in a movie or that magazine right, cover right. or are you doing it because like you genuinely feel like it'll make your life better right right, right. and for me like that's what it was um that's so wow. cool thank yeah, you for so, telling me that yeah yes. i didn't just tell you that i want to see the ears i, I, I want to see it yeah you know you can get will. the now people people get the elf ears that's like a procedure you ever seen that they like choose to have elf yeah ears? they go and they get it done they get it altered where they turn their ear into a little elf ear y'all seen that that's out here yeah people are doing that, that it's used, like that it's used, very like edgy people who do it typically I, I knew someone who had that they had the ears done and they had the cut in the tongue oh you know that i saw with, the cut oh, in the tongue oh man what yeah, no judgment. Much love to everyone yeah, no. who's just expressing themselves authentically. Yeah. I have zero, zero judgment. As long as it makes you happy yeah. and it's something that you want to do, go for it. Well, and As long what, as it doesn't hurt yeah. anyone. Look what you did. You didn't go down a train of like creating a Michael Jackson face. You just stopped at the ears. You're like, oh, no, yeah. this is my thing. This is my intention and I'm done. I think people get addicted. They yeah. get addicted to it. They're like, oh, just one more lift here. One more. You know, that's where it's kind of like, ooh. Mm. Go within. So, Go within. so I got distracted. Um, let's get back on topic because, wow, we've already gone over an hour. But there's wow. some more. Wait, no, no, no. There's a couple things I really want to cover because. So you've been in Miami six months, and you. It seems like you had the mindset of like working on yourself when you got here, and you know I know you've tried different healers and done different protocols. I'm just curious to know what are two or three things that you've done that have really helped for people out there who might be going through some similar struggles? Well, definitely opening up about it. Like definitely talking about it is number one. Um, I noticed like the first liberation occurred when I first started to open up on social media about my mental health struggles and depression, because that helped me to feel like um, more, more exposed, more like I wasn't like you know, I talk about that imposter syndrome, you know, the more you hold that in, it exacerbates that. Like, so for me, I think that people really underestimate just opening up about it and admitting it and talking about it. And people kind of um, give people uh, too little credit, I think. People think that if they open up, they'll be judged, their friends will think they're weird. You know, if you're opening up about some mental health struggles and your friend is treating you like, you know, what the heck is wrong with you? Don't talk to me about this. It's probably not a good friend for you anyways. You know, maybe the people you're surrounding yourself with is causing this anyways. So definitely opening up about it. And I'm not even saying you got to go public on social media like I've taken it, but just talk to someone, find someone you trust, mm. open up, do not hide it in. And if you're really, you know, bashful and don't want to do that, fine, hire a therapist so that you can talk it out with them. But that was huge for me that was huge just kind of owning it admitting it because then I felt like okay now I can really like address it and I'm not like fighting this illness in the dark hmm. and then the other thing is um you know people make sure you're surrounding yourself with people you trust people who lift you up people who don't make you feel like you're not good enough and you constantly need to prove yourself because we don't just do that to ourselves we surround ourselves with people who do that a lot of parents do that you know that's our blind spot is like oh i'm gonna go become a doctor for my mom why why you know that it inhibits us so much when we live up to other people's expectations so make sure your circle is a circle that just loves you for you and is not in it for some 
narcissistic reason like what you do for them or how you make them look those are toxic relationships and we can be really blind about those we but you gotta you gotta let them go and as i said usually coming forward about your hardship um weeds them out anyways and then yeah just self-care i i'm really big on meditation breathing exercises huge you know i used to have really bad asthma Mm. I used two inhalers every day. I was put on steroids pretty much like once a quarter. I had bronchitis like every other month. I was, I had horrible respiratory problems. I was literally like suicidal over it. Like it was so stressful, so hard. And I, this was, uh, this was actually years ago, way at the beginning of my health journey because my physical health came before my mental health. I started fixing my body first because I had all these gut problems. And I went and saw an Ayurvedic doctor, an uh, Indian woman. Amazing. Yeah, she was epic. She was such a badass. She actually was, um, she was like a Western doctor and then quit because she was against the mass opioid prescription going on. So good for her. And she prescribed me breathing exercises. And that was the first time I'd ever been prescribed breathing exercises by a doctor for my asthma she said no 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 sit down every morning this is what you're gonna do this is how you're gonna do it i do you know what type of breathing sorry were you um gonna tell the, us? the specific one that i did there was a lot she gave me she gave me the pranayama she gave me a couple options but the specific one that was especially good for asthma was the four seven eight count so mm. it was inhale for four hold for seven exhale for eight so the key here is that the exhale is longer and that is what ultimately restructures your lungs to breathe from your belly and not because a lot of us do this chest breathing even people who don't have asthma they're just not breathing deeply so breathing exercise transformed my life i started seeing her and doing the exercises and within two weeks i stopped using my inhalers it's been over two years now no inhalers incredible I'm and so it's don't leave me hanging these yeah. are these are the and we talk so about breathing it. exercises and, and they don't just benefit asthma they benefit everything your mood you're right like so important. this is and this is something we talk about all the time is the free drugs right oh so free oxygen that's what i'm saying Water, and that's why and nature. that's why the western doctors don't prescribe it of course you don't come back you know what happened with that woman what's that i saw her twice and I never had to go back again because she fixed me. Yeah. Because she ac- she and was expensive. Don't get me wrong. It was expensive. But, like, they they actually worry about the root. They don't care about scamming you into right. becoming a – No, they're like, yeah, this is free. I'm going to fix you. Yeah, you might – like, it, a lot of people don't want to eat organic. They don't want to pay for a natural path because they feel like it's too much of an investment. All you're doing is preventing the massive medical bills you're inevitably going to face in the future when you go organic and when you do this – more expensive natural route right and that was what was beautiful about her is like i yeah i saw her twice yeah and And guys we we talk about this all the time in in terms of breath right we take over twenty five thousand breaths every day Mm. but how many of those are you actually conscious and aware of Mm. right so whenever i'm like teaching a class it usually is like an hour long i'm like guys we should be taking a thousand conscious breaths together yeah right yeah. And it only so takes a, there's a Japanese study that was really fascinating. It found that only six deep breaths is what you need to lower your blood pressure and change your mood. Yes. So it's a really powerful mechanism that we have at our disposal all the time, guys. So free drugs. I know we spoke about other ones, you know, ayahuasca, different medicines, but take advantage of nature, take advantage mm-hmm. of sunshine, take advantage of community, water, oxygen yes. these things are all free and then 
just want to touch upon a couple of other things you mentioned in terms of, you know, talking about it and relationships. So if you're listening right now, you know, Shay's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it's, I mean, it's a bigger city, but I'm sure it doesn't have the wellness community that Miami does. Um, And if you're listening right now and you like a big beer community, yeah, you like beer (laughs) Miller park. And if you're, if you find yourself like in a small town or a city where, you know, it might be hard to find these places where you have access to a lot of people in your like mind or whatever it is, try finding maybe a whole foods or a gym, a yoga studio and connect with people there. If that's if you want to connect with, you know, health-minded people, whatever you are, there's so many things at our disposal in 2019. So please, please take action and take advantage. And this has been a fucking blast. Yay! I'm so excited to yeah. be to be fully transparent. Like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show, I feel like I wasn't like in my element. Because oh. it had been a while. I intimidated him a little bit. I mean, you you so have that presence, but it was it was more I think because it had been like six weeks since I'd done like an interview show because oh, I was traveling. Yeah. So it took me oh, a little you got bit that to like vacation brain. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, okay. We can say that. Yeah. Whatever you say, Shay. <laughs> Whatever All right, I say. Anyways. Um. Okay. I like to finish with a little rapid fire. Oh. Are you ready for this? Uh, like rapid fire questions. Yes. Oh, oh boy. Fav- is, it, is it a yes no, or no? No. 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 Okay. No. 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 All right. No. All right. All right. Favorite emoji. Uh the heart. It's always my upper left one, like the most used one. It's the heart, just the red heart. Always I communicate in hearts. Always spreading love. I don't think I've received a heart from you, actually. Well, it was your ears. I didn't like. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, ah, low so blows are going down today. Okay, okay, okay. Biggest pet peeve. Fakeness, just fake surface bullshit. Keeping up with the Joneses, just perpetuating just perpetuating a culture where everyone acts like they have it together no one has it together in fact most people are sick fat or depressed yet we're all conditioned to think we're alone in that and it's killing us we need to be more real about everything and be more transparent i love that and the fact that you said letting 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 us know that we're not alone Mm-mm. i think sometimes that's the most empowering thing for someone to know and hear is hey like i hear you i feel you i see you and i can relate to you yeah because there's nothing worse than you know going through an obstacle or a really hard time or moment or dealing with a trauma by yourself oh my gosh and that's it's why i'm so gl- yeah that, that's why i'm so glad you said that and you said to talk to someone it's yes. so important um what's a do you have a quote or mantra that you live by um i really like the quote the only guarantee in life is a life worth dying for I think it was my senior quote <laughs> in high school, but it's actually, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, it's a Midwest like rap group atmosphere. Of course. Oh, good, good. So Slug. Um, Chicago, are they from? They're from Minneapolis. Oh, wow. Minneapolis. Um, Slug, the, the main rapper in the group, really inspired me a lot. I'm not really like a diehard fan of him anymore, but at that time in my life in high school, he was really popping, you know. I, I listened to him so much because he wasn't like a, a surfacey rapper that just talked about like, you know, money and hoes. He was very deep 
abstract, poetic. He always had a message that made you think. And the way he talked about women was so compelling. Like most of his fans are women because he, 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 I don't want to say he like puts women on a pedestal, but he gives women the power they deserve. And he, you know, he believes God is a woman. He's just like a dope dude. And he has this song, uh, it's called guarantees. And like the hook is the only guarantee in life is a life worth dying for. And this kind of goes back to your, I think one of your very first questions here, which I'm not even sure I fully answered all the way, but I will now is like, it's just that like you have to operate from a stance of like, will you be happy dying with what you did on this planet? Mm. And that's why I really challenge people who are struggling to, um, they need to be liked, you know, they need to be accepted by everyone. They need to, you're never going to impact the world. You're not, you know, if no one hates you, no one knows you, frankly. And to me, that quote just stuck out to me because I realized in that moment, you know, no matter what I do, I need to walk away from this life having felt like I left it better for future generations. Mm. I think you're definitely doing that. Thank and you, Jeremy. That. Thanks. Yes. And I want to know quick, quick. I'm sorry. I'm A sorry. Book I or no, no. It's all really <laughs> powerful stuff. A book or movie that has impacted you the most? What how, comes to mind? How to Be an Adult by David Richo. Okay. How to Be an Adult by David Richo. He actually has a series of books. I think the main one is called How to Be an Adult. Um, it's literally just like the Bible for personal development. I awesome. mean, it's such I've a good book. I've never heard of it, Yeah, actually. you got to read it. And lastly, what? what are you most grateful for right now in this moment? What are you experiencing? I'm really grateful for the transformation I'm going through because even though it's been very painful and uncomfortable for me to face, I know that this is like the final obstacle I've been avoiding that I need to get through to reach my full potential. I'm just excited for the future. You know, I'm in this gratitude training now. It's like really showing me how I've been operating from my past and bringing all my past preconceived notions and assumptions into the present, it kills your life. It kills your ability to live with an infinite possibility and an infinite future. And that's what I'm really excited about is kind of unlocking and letting go. And I know I'm letting go of it. Like I'm shedding it, I'm shedding it. And I'm gonna help a lot of people. And I really look forward to inspiring more people. Amazing. Shay, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you Aww. yeah thanks Jeremy yeah I want to acknowledge you for the impact that you've already created on this world I know so many people have been impacted by your videos by videos that you've helped cultivate and no one can ever take that away from you and I'm sh and I and I want to acknowledge you I'm so proud of you for stepping into your power and knowing that despite everything you've achieved there's more and so much more. Yeah. This and is I'm, the start. And I'm just, I feel very grateful personally to be witnessing the journey firsthand. And I'm so grateful for our relationship and our friendship. And I'm so happy that you're in Miami. Yeah. And it's so important. Um, I think that your voice and your message touches millions of people because it's truly that powerful and impactful. And thank you so much for spending an hour with me a little Absolutely. over an hour it Absolutely. was amazing thank you so much jeremy i'm really really grateful you know i have so much more to share believe it or not i've like barely hit the tip of the iceberg with 
what I'm going to do and what my movement's going to be. But being in Miami is tough when you're new to the city and you don't know anyone. So thank you for being like, just automatically when we met, like I knew I could trust you. Remember when we met? Like it was like right away. We were like, in that parking lot. uh, No, it was at the, it was in the, it was in the, 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 the networking event. Right. Unless we met before. And then then we talked, no, no, we talked more like at the parking lot. Yeah. But like, you know, it's, it really means a lot to me because I've cultivated this great community of healers and growth mindset individuals around me in Miami and you're a huge part of that so thank oh, you appreciate that yeah yeah and we're gonna continue to grow together yeah we are and you're gonna train me it's gonna we train will, me and we're gonna have I need to get that. in shape dude this is I, gonna be fun. the cellulite to muscle ratio is <laughs> it's off yeah, a little bit a little, I feel you I'm a little jiggly you know what I'm saying like I okay. look good but like I'm just a little jiggly I'm okay tighten it up but we're not gonna do it for others we're gonna do it for yourself we're gonna do it for me yeah I okay. need I need a physical like routine like I need like I need to be more active. Yeah, well, I'm glad you got a breathing one because that's super important. Um, Real quick, finish off. Where can people dive deeper with you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, um, so definitely follow me on LinkedIn. That is where all my content goes out uh, first. So it's www.linkedin.com slash in slash Shay Robottom. And you can really find me on all platforms slash Shay Robottom, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And if you'd like to learn more about my business and what I do for founders and executives on LinkedIn, feel free to visit my website, www.shayrobottom.com. And there's a form there to fill out if you'd like to set up a call. So amazing yeah guys we're gonna link to all of shay's networks in the show notes and i highly highly encourage you to reach out she's such a powerful woman and she can bring value to you personally your business all of the above so so excited thank you so much for everyone listening to the end we love you Thank you for this conscious community that we are cultivating. You already know what time it is. You know it. It's time to take massive action and stand up to sitting.